Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand, a podcast for leading financial professionals or rainmakers and their teams that offer support for securing a successful future. From marketing help to staffing structure, listen and subscribe for actionable insights from advisors and skilled professionals alike. Good morning, C2P from the West Coast. It's 8 a.m. I got my trusty coffee. Hopefully you guys are awake and ready for it. Last week, our marketing topic was so popular, we wanted to talk more about it. We got so many questions, so much after activity that we want to talk more about marketing. Last week when we had coffee break, our vice president of marketing, Carrie Chadoff, or the guru, and Chelsea Kantz, our content marketing manager, were at the Traffic and Conversion Summit in Vegas. They weren't gambling, but they were surrounding themselves with intellectuals, very big thinkers and some innovative people learning more about marketing and what's hot. So Carrie and Chelsea, welcome to Coffee Break. Can you share with me just an overview, Carrie, on the summit that you were at last week? Well, the most important thing I heard was when you split aces, you only get one card. And (laughs) maybe that's not what you're looking for. (laughs) No, Carrie, I'd love to hear your gambling tips and blackjack tips. But what are the latest trends that you heard yeah, about in yeah. the digital world at the conference? And then later today, you can hold your Blackjack Summit. Okay. All right. So AI is incredibly popular. There were probably about 40 sessions uh, that Chelsea and I were privileged to, to select from. And all of them connected to AI. And I think in AI is really important for you to all understand what, what's, what's going on. Um, Clearly, AI is a driver of both content creation and dictating what content is being served. It was interesting since that conference, I've certainly looked at my own Facebook, and it is no longer people I'm necessarily following. When you start looking at Twitter and Facebook, you start saying the content that is being served to you based on your algorithms. Um, And so really, AI is determining the content that you're consuming at the same time, that content is being generated from an AI perspective. Now, AI is incredibly valuable. We'll talk about this over the next you know, little bit dur- during today's meeting. Not only in creating it, but artificial intelligence is what it stands for. But I think we should, are better proposed to think about AI as actual intelligence. When we rely on AI in of itself and using chat boxes, it's easy to say, Tell me about uh, retirement planning or tell me about legacy planning. And Chat GBT can come up with a wonderful uh, blog for you. The difference between artificial intelligence and actual intelligence is you, and it's your voice. And I think that's where the industry is falling behind a little bit right now when we say AI, they can do everything. And we saw incredible things last week from creating content calendars to creating blogs, to creating layouts, to automatically posting. So literally someone showed us how they create blogs 365 days uh, in a year, design it, schedule it all within 10 minutes. That's impressive for anyone that's done blogs. What's missing is that personal touch. So Chelsea, do you want to add on to what what was uh, one of your major takeaways from the conference? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, AI can be used critically to enrich your current content, create new content, streamline your process in a way that um, we really haven't seen before in the marketing realm. And I think that's critically important, especially like for advisors who are on a time crunch, things like that. The important thing to remember, though, is because it does have that power to create things so quickly, 
You also have the power to create a lot of bad content, you know, things that would not be useful to people. And that would really sort of hurt your messaging and your ability to generate traffic, convert all of that. So what you should really ask yourself if you're not sure if what you're creating is providing value is um, say you generate a piece of content, make sure you ask, does it do one of four things? Does it educate? Does it engage? Does it entertain or does it empower uh, the people you're trying to reach? If it doesn't accomplish one of those four goals, uh, you're likely not providing enough value and you need to go a little bit back to the drawing board or go back to your uh, chat GPT input area. So just making sure that you're being very um, selective and purposeful when using AI for content creation. So Chelsea, if I'm being mindful and purposeful with the content that I'm creating, how do you develop content that resonates with the different clients we work with? Absolutely. So I will say a really powerful way, place to start, especially if you're not sure, you know, a lot of advisors are not content creators. That is not your primary goal. Um, so if you're trying to be a more purposeful marketer, start with empathy. That is an incredibly powerful tool and a lot of different topics can easily come from that. You know your clients and your prospects better than anyone else does. You know what their pain points are, what their issues are, because you talk to them and you're right, the calls, your meetings. So use that information to create content that resonates with them. The one thing you do have to remember when using empathy in your subject lines, in blogs, short videos you create, is that you have to be authentic. Something that one of the speakers said, which was very interesting, her name's Christine Marie. She owns her own agency. Agency. She said, empathy without authenticity is manipulation. And so what that would mean is that if you're not giving some of yourself back and you're just sort of playing on the pain points of your clients and prospects in the marketing, trying to get them to convert or generate traffic, then you're sort of, you could be perceived as being manipulative. So it's very important to be honest and forthcoming. So a quick example might be, you know, if you're talking about the pains that you might face when running out of money in retirement, things like that, you're bringing up those very concrete examples. Make sure you're sharing something about yourself. Maybe in your past, your parents didn't have a retirement plan and you saw how difficult that was and you don't want someone of your clients or prospects to go through that. Include that in your marketing message. That is a very quick piece of content. It's very honest. It'll resonate. There's a lot of things you can do by using empathy if it's done right. Thank you, Chelsea. I love that. Now, Carrie, since you are the guru, what what would you like to add to what Chelsea just spoke to? It really all, it all starts with a problem statement and in your voice. So I think you should certainly leverage chat GBT, but use your own intelligence. Again, we're going to refer to actual intelligence versus artificial intelligence. It is about the conversations that you're that you're having with your prospects and, and customers. What are the top 10 things that they are asking you? That's what you should be writing about and, and publishing. So we call that a, a problem statement. Where do you get the problem statements? Again, it's from the conversations that you're having. It's from your administrative team. It's from your receptionist. It's from your other advisors. Don't plug in, give me 30 topics, wealth management topics to, to you know blog about. Those 30 really need to come from you. And again, as, as Chelsea said, it has to be authentic and it's in your voice. We had a lot of conversations with several of you on, on this call. I, I see Lisa Shanae and, and Nigel, I've got a call with coming up and, and a few others. And, and you all have unique voices. 
And so how Mr. Parson says something relative to how another advisor says it's very different. So make sure you're using your voice to answer those problem statements. Problem statement always should obviously, what is the issue and then how do you solve it, right? So, so don't just bring up negative, uh, but also how is your approach different and, and, and unique, which again, is how you personalize the chat GBT. So I would suggest starting with problem statements, start with 30 of them. Okay. Have a lunch with, with your team or yourself or your, whomever your, your trust people and, and have pizza and just brainstorm 30 ideas. And then take those 30 ideas and start playing with those in chat GBT. Okay. And then what you get back, then personalize it to your own firm and how your solutions are, are differentiated. One thing and, you, and, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just really quick going to piggyback on that. You know, Carrie mentioned creating free problem statements. That might sound like a lot, but when you're starting out, creating more content really is the key to figuring out what resonates because, you know, you cast a wide net. And then once you're tracking, figuring out what works, then you can niche down a little bit so you can make sure your message is really getting there and you're able to convert on the things that you're putting out because, you know, content creation really is 50% objection handling prior to your sales call. You're giving them those answers to burning questions. You're building that credibility. So cast a wide net, niche down, that'll really help. But yes, anyway, sorry. About that. I, I would say I give, love niche down. Three One things. thing Terry had mentioned when we were talking was include your superpower. You didn't talk to speak to that when you were just talking, Carrie. Will you tell me, what does that mean? Because I'll tell you my superpowers, but they might not be what you're talking about. Thank, thank you for um, asking that question. There's really three things in every piece of content you should have. One is what the problem statement is, okay? And so what are you trying to solve? Two is the problem someone has today and where they want to go, right? So it's not a problem statement if it doesn't need to be resolved. And three is include what your superpower is, what person had just asked. Your superpower needs to be in every communication. And that superpower is what makes you different. What is your differentiator? Otherwise, it becomes generic content. And every single one person on this call could have the same exact article. So again, just first one is creating a problem statement. The second one is problem statement someone has today and where they want to go. So it's kind of piggybacking off of uh, number one, problem statement, solution, or ideal state. And then three is your superpower. So obviously you're going to explain if, if it's how to best leverage pensions for government employees. There's a problem of, of how do I have a lifetime income and, and how do I leverage pensions? Okay. And then how do you do it differently than Merrill Lynch, Fidelity, the individual that's somewhere down the road that's not connected to the bucket plan and all the wonderful things that you have? How are you different? Because if you simply talk about Here's how best to leverage, when, when to best leverage Social Security, when you're at 70, 72, right? Every advisor in the country can easily answer that question. Not easily, but can have a, have a question, and, and that's a problem. I don't know when to take Social Security. Here's our recommendation. What makes you different? So your superpower is, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have multiple streams, or this is how it factors in, is we use Social Security as your soon bucket or your later bucket, whatever your approach is, make it different. I love it. But let's say I do all three things. I create my 30 problems. I, you know, get my, my mission statement and my superpower out there. But how do I know it's working, Carrie? How do I know what I'm doing is hitting the right audience and doing what I need it to do is to get in front of more people? So 
simply, I, I like to call the, the approach champion challenger. Okay. So for instance, let's start with two problem statements and two blogs. Okay. Or two pieces of content or two articles in your newsletter. So you have A and B. Right? Which one using the same type of promotion is getting more clicks, right? And so if social security is getting more clicks than legacy planning, then your audience potentially, and I'm speaking at a very high level, I would, I would drill that down a little bit, but what aspects, then focus on the ones that your audience is responding to. Just like when you have gated content and gated content is generally spoken that someone has to provide some information to receive them some information. So perhaps you've got a gated ebook and you're asking someone for their email, right? So you run, one could be on bucket plan approach and one could be on succession planning. Run those the same number of impressions or the same number of times blogs, run them at the same time and which one does better. And that becomes your champion. And then keeps adding challengers to that, right? So just think about, a boxing tournament. You you had Mike Tyson was the champion and you had all these challengers continuing to try to knock him off. Well, Mike Tyson stayed champion for a while until somebody came out with, with a you know better skill or a better offer. So, you know, generally that's how I would approach what messages resonate, which one's reading, which are the clicks, which ones are getting phone calls, whatever measurement, and, and we'll talk about measurements later on, but make sure you're measuring everything. And, and it's as simple as that. Thank you, Carrie. Now, Chelsea, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Every single person on this call is busy. How do I create content? I don't have time. What do, what do I need to do to be a Carrie and a guru like yourself and create this content? Yeah, absolutely. So this might sound a bit counterintuitive, but if you don't have a lot of time, make time. So what I mean by that is it's very easy to set sort of a standing appointment. Think of it as a non-negotiable thing that you have to show up to every week. An hour a week is all you really need to start with, especially if it's something that you're wanting to craft short videos, like 30 seconds or less. Think of how many of those you can accomplish in an hour a week, or you can designate maybe this week I'm going to do written content. I'm going to and then you'll build up sort of a backlog so that you can have a pipeline to dig into. So once you dedicate just an hour a week, like I said, this non-negotiable meeting, it's really easy to do that. And so another helpful thing to do in that hour, especially when it comes to uh, short form videos, are using these sort of frameworks. That'll help. You can essentially just plug ideas into them. So you don't have to waste a whole lot of time brainstorming, things like that. You take this framework and then just plug the ideas in and then the content essentially creates itself. So one example that we learned is called the three and three. So it's you present, stop doing this, do this instead, and then here's how. And then you include steps one, two, and three. That's a 30 second video. So as an example, maybe you would say something like, Stop letting a lot of your retirement income dollars go to Uncle Sam through taxes. Instead, employ a tax management plan as part of your holistic wealth plan. Here's how. Meet with us at Blank Financial. Two, we'll lay out your goals and assets. Three, we'll put in tax-efficient strategies, et cetera. Reach out to us for more information. 
I just did that in however many seconds. It's the perfect length to get people engaged. And think of how many of those you can do in an hour. And if you don't like them, you can just keep changing out your ideas. And then by the end of that, you have a lot of content that you can repurpose, whether it be for text campaigns, social media, putting in emails, newsletters. There's so many different ways that you can repurpose just by using what you create in that hour. And you're just taking a broad topic and creating offshoots. So it's not as hard as you might think. I love it. Can I add something to this? Great, what, what One of the things I, I would love if each of you did is had a, had a partner and held you accountable. The idea of not doing it is very easy. You say, I don't want to take an hour a week. But if you meet with someone you respect here, and, and I'm just seeing names, I've certainly seen Charles Weldy. If Charles and I have an agreement that if I don't commit doing three videos a week or uh, commenting on LinkedIn post of someone, Next time I see Charles, which will be in three months, I have to take him to Fleming Steakhouse. Something that, that you know, there, there's, you know, an investment. So you have to, you know, think about some type of silly thing is, look, I have to, you know, go outside and yell, yell something silly in the middle of the street. You know, not embarrassing, but, but hold yourself accountable. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you between client meetings, this will not happen. So if you're not disciplined, Find a partner to be disciplined and hold each other accountable. That's great, Carrie, because it's great to have an idea. But if you're not holding yourself or others accountable to your own personal success and growth, it doesn't happen. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I love the accountability. I would do something crazy. But I'm going to go back to the content creation between Chelsea and Carrie. Can you help me help our advisors here on this call? What messages should I serve to prospects? What are we just want to make sure our messaging is right? So, can you talk to that, Carrie, a little bit more? Well, well, first, I'm going to challenge you all to develop content. I've spoken to many of you, and and, and right now, there's not as as active. Again, create the problem statement, things that are resonating, things that are drawing people to webinars, things are people are, you know, I would also challenge you to think about an elevator pitch. So when you're in a venue and you're at a party Saturday night and says, what do you do? What message do you deliver? How do you differentiate? Who is your target audience? Okay. The more narrow you can become, the more effective it can be. I will, I offer wealth management solutions to anybody that's interested. I don't know how that differentiates you from the 22 other, 22,000 other advisors in the country, but I offer a focus on people in the oil industry, oil executives with, with high pensions. That obviously says bingo. One thing that, that I would challenge you all when you're talking to a COI, and I'm changing your question slightly. That's okay. When you talk to your banker insurance agents, they are dealing with a lot of high wealth individuals. How are you presenting your picture to them? I like to draw the analogy of, you, you know, you've got a bank a banker and you do a lot of work with that banker and, and says, yeah, Joanne at, at XYZ Bank, they know I'm a wealth advisor and they recommend me. My question is, Joanne also works with 18 other wealth advisors, right? What is your differentiator? Is a differentiator that when somebody walks in, they said, I just lost a, a spouse. I just lost a, my, my husband. I'm a woman in transition. Great. Sarah Soria focuses on that. Let me have you contact Sarah. 
right? See how that is a little bit different than say, I offer wealth management services to everybody. Right there, I thought of, of uh, you know, Sarah, I don't know if she's on the call, but but I've worked with her and and and, and Josh in terms of positioning. It's, it's a very strong. So make sure you understand what your niche is. And, and that ultimately will lead to clients um, that you're trying to target. And to me, that's how you're going to understand what messages resonate. I love it. I was in a training that talked about that same topic. We need to be saying our 30-second elevator pitch to, pitch to get that next question of how can you help me or getting that relationship to the next level. Chelsea, anything you want to add to that before? Yeah, definitely. So I think before knowing what messages to serve your prospects, you have to know your customer journey and know where they are in your funnel, right? So I think a lot of people focus in the wrong area of the funnel and they try to, you know, put them through this long process. Oh, we're going to, you know, connect to them here and then nurture them through this thing. But there is a group of people and it's called the ready now funnel. It's essentially a subset of your prospects that are currently qualified and ready to convert on your essentially highest ticket item, i.e. like what your ideal service or package is to sell. This this group, they are ready and able and willing to spend 10 times above average to get what they want. And to identify them, you really need to be asking qualifying questions in your process. That is a really big key so that you can sort of narrow down who you are really trying to target. And then from there, you'll already know what messages they want to hear because they're such a small subset. You know what they want. So it's pretty easy just to serve it to them. Well, how many touches so. are required if you're going to fill your funnel? How many touches are required? What have you guys been hearing? Jalen, it is one to three. And it could be, how quickly are you looking to develop a financial plan? Do you have X amount of assets? I mean, one to three questions is, is the max. After that, it goes down. Again, the more questions you ask, the less response. But what you want to know if someone is in the ready now bucket versus someone, you're like, I'm afraid to ask a question and now I'm going to treat everybody the same. There was an interesting concept that I heard at, at the conference is stop proposing marriage on the first date. And what does that mean? So some of you are kind of saying, well, I ran a digital ad. They've never heard of me before. And now I want them to come to my office to attend a live seminar. That's a lot. That's a lot on, on someone that I've never, never known. Now you're asking me basically to go out on vacation with you, right? So use your own analogies. Fortunately, I've been married for 28 years. So my dating analogies aren't good. But think about like, you know, you're going to want to court them a little bit, like give them some content introduce yourself, right? You're going to have a conversation with them. So really make sure that you're not asking everybody to marry you on the first date, but then there are certainly people that are ready now, right? And, and you know, the question is how quickly would you want to get engaged? You know, kind of joking with Chelsea said, how soon would you, you know, be interested in developing a plan? How soon are you interested in understanding when to take social security? How soon would it be to have a financial plan so you can live comfortably now, later, and, you know, in the short term and, and, and long term, right, in, in, in the bucket plan? If somebody says, I'm ready now, that's a totally different conversation than somebody that says, I've never heard of you. I'm not quite ready to engage with you. And that really kind of goes to, are all leads the same, Kirsten? 
yeah, you know, I'll, I'll let you lead the conversation. But now we're going to kind of talk about are all of your prospects the same? And if you're treating all of your prospects the same, I would encourage you to rethink that. And real quick, Kirsten, to answer your previous question about how many touch points are required, the broad knowledge has been between, you know, one and 10. It's actually a bit more like 20 to 500. That original prediction is actually based on a study that dates all the way back to the 30s. So that is so prevalent right now. So many of us have been basing our marketing efforts on that figure, but really it's much more. So that's why you need to be very strategic in how much content you're creating. As we're coming at to this top of the half hour, I've got two questions I really would love to have answered. I know it's going to be quick. Carrie, you you touched on this. All these are not the same. So how would you categorize them? And if we're categorizing our leads, how do we know what's working? Can you give us a track to run on? Yeah. So so there's one that that they're following your social media, right? And, and that's a minimal level of engagement. So there's some engagement that they're following on, on Facebook. That's great, but that's not a big investment in time. Level two is they, did they subscribe? to your newsletter? Did they give you some bit of content? Did they give you an email, right? So that's that's more investment. They're willing to say, well, I've given you a little bit of information on there. Three is how much did they engage with you? Did they attend a webinar of yours? Or did they watch a video of yours, right? Again, they're investing more time. So the first one is, I'll follow you from a, from a distance. The second one is, feed me some information. Third one is I'm consuming the information. And then the fourth is I'm ready now, as, as Chelsea says, I'm, I'm ready to have that conversation with you and, and take it to that next, next level. So don't treat those that are ready now that have already given you your information, that have already talked to you, have already attended a, a live webinar, the same as somebody that you haven't spoken to at, at all. So, so those are, are kind of how I would suggest you break your leads. And that could even be in your CRM is where are they in the funnel? You should be having funnels because your emails to somebody that's already met with you, but hasn't purchased should be different than somebody that just gave you an email, but you don't know anything about them. I love it. Tracking your funnel is really important. It's categorizing, knowing what's working and making sure you're able to convert them from leads to prospects to clients. So first, first of all, thank you, Carrie and Chelsea for the great content. To everyone on here, if you've not been using your Mentor Connect calls to connect with our marketing team, you're missing out, they can help you with this. So please use your Mentor Connect calls, connect with marketing, and don't forget to join us next week, same time, same location. Thank you for being here today. And whatever you do today, stay warm and do something great for your clients. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Never miss an episode by subscribing now to discover new resources and strategies. Visit c2penterprises.com to learn how we can help scale and secure your business.